You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Thank you, children, for that, and happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there today. Um, if you would, turn your Bibles over to the to the Gospel of Luke, chapter number one. The Gospel of Luke, chapter number one. I want to preach about a mother highly favored, all right? Uh, you know, in all of history, there is no one, uh, no one or no one thing that uh, it, that has exalted and honored women more than God and the Bible. When virtually every culture on earth regarded women as only slightly better than slaves, the Bible says that a virtuous woman's price is far above rubies. In a world where women weren't considered much higher than livestock, God said her children arise up and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praiseth her. In a day which, when a woman's uh, testimony was irrelevant in court, Jesus allowed a small group of steadfast women to be the eyewitnesses to his resurrection. When it was still common practice to feed baby girls to wild dogs, to leave baby girls outside of the city to die from exposure, the Apostle Paul was praising the faithful women who diligently helped him and helped in the cause of Christ and the furtherance of the gospel. Grisly practices toward women and girls continued into the late 19th century. In China, Indian parts of Africa, just to name a few, until missionaries begin to reach these people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, for example, there was the practice in the late, this is in the late 19th century still, there was the practice of Suti in India. Suti, Suti translates good wife. So that sounds like a good thing. But what Suti is, was it was the ritual to where when a man would die, his widow would uh, be cast or throw herself on his funeral pyre, uh, the, the, the fire where they would burn him up, and die from uh, die uh, with uh, her the corpse of her husband being burned. Even today, in strict Muslim cultures, women are treated very poorly. And for the last several decades in communist China, millions of precious girls were killed in their mother's wombs as parents, usually the fathers, chose, since they could only have one child, they chose to have a boy. So if it was a girl, they would have that uh, little girl aborted. And of course, that goes on in our country as well, but it was going on, uh, has been going on in China for uh, like three decades. Uh, and so uh, that's the sad thing about society, but wh where uh, God has had influence on society, where the Bible has influ influence on society, uh, women have found liberty and power in who God created them to be. Don't believe the lies that claim otherwise. Don't be deceived by the anti-God bondage and misery that calls itself women, women's lib and empowerment. They promise freedom, liberty, and choice so long as you believe, do, and say exactly as they tell you to do. 
all right? But that's not, the, that's not what God intends. God's word is the true liberator. God's word is the true, uh, gives true empowerment to all men. But God created something amazing. God created something and somebody amazing when he created women. Not the least of her many gifts is the miraculous gift to become a mother. And that's what, of course, we celebrate today. As if the wonder of gestation isn't uh, enough, God places a tender love, a ferocious protection, and an enduring sympathy, as well as a constant care in a mother's heart. For nine months... Mom and baby are connected by the umbilical cord. Although that cord is severed at birth, there's an invisible line that links mother to child for the rest of her life. Please do not allow yourself to be one of the foolish children who fail to recognize and appreciate this bond. <laughs> the, in the old uh, comic strip, The Family Circus, some of you will recall, uh, the children of the Family Circus comic were discussing babies. One of the, the young experts announced, storks don't bring babies. They're delivered UPS. And several of the other kids chimed in and had their opinions as well. Uh, but then finally, one of them spoke up and said that babies are connected to their mothers by a biblical cord. Children are connected to their mothers by a biblical cord, amen? And that's very true. Moms, are, moms stay connected with their children in a way that no one else ever can be connected to uh, their children or to, or to an, another person. There's a stereotype of adult children feeling like their mom is clingy, right? Uh, oh, call me and come see me and all this stuff. And there's this stereotype of uh, adults, ma, for adults that their moms are clingy. But the reason why is that mothers are forever and hopelessly connected to their children no matter what age their children are. It doesn't matter. No matter what their kids have gone on to do, they're there's a biblical cord, as the family circus said, that binds that mom to her children. There's a special connection there. Now, uh, you know, some are able to go on with life and disregard their mother. But I'm telling you, mama just does not have this luxury. There's something inside of her that stays connected that uh, as, as much as I love my children, there's a bond that my wife has uh, with them that's not the same as what I have. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a strong connection. It's something special. God made something special when he created mothers. And I want to say uh, and just give a shout out to my wonderful, beautiful wife, Melanie. I thank uh, you so much for uh, the four children that that you've uh, given us and that you've mothered and that you are just such a great example to and so loving and so forth. Uh, thank you, Melanie. Happy Mother's Day to you today. I couldn't, wouldn't choose anybody else to be the mother of my children, so thank you. And then also to my mom in heaven, Linda. Uh, I thank her so much for the wonderful, loving mom that she was as well. And I thank, I thank God for mothers. May God help us to honor our mothers. May God help us to honor our wives and grandmothers. May the Lord help us to appreciate the moms in our church. We appreciate you. Uh, the moms in our church, the moms in our community. Amen. You deserve it. Amen. You deserve the honor. You deserve the appreciation. And I can say so on the authority of the word of God today. Moms are amazing. 
I heard a story about a four-year-old boy, and it was it was the night before his birthday, so he was going to be five. And for uh, for that entire year, he had gotten accustomed to when he was asked the question, "How old are you?" He'd hold up those four fingers and say, "I'm four. I'm four. And so the night before he was to turn five, his mom said, how old are you, honey? And he said, I'm four. And she said, well, when you wait, she said, when you go to sleep tonight, you're still going to be four. But when you wake up in the morning, how old are you going to be then? He says, I'm going to be, and he stuck that thumb out. He says, I'm going to be a handful. I'm going to be a handful. And uh, so to all of you mothers out there that have had your hands full, uh, happy Mother's Day to you today. Now today I told you to turn over to the book of Luke chapter number one and I just want to share a few thoughts with you this morning on uh, history's most famous mother, the mother uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, the earthly mother, Mary. She was called to her task just as mothers today are called to their task. So I want to look at a few things about a mother highly favored. Number one, I want to look at the fact that she was surrendered to the will of God. There's nothing greater than a godly mother. And Mary is an example of a great and godly mother. So in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, I want to look over at verse number 26, and uh, just read some of these verses today. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, and the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women, and blessed was she indeed. She was going to be the human vessel through whom uh, God would come, amen, as man into this world. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. I will remind you that Mary was doubtless just a young teenager, or somewhere in her mid-teens at this point, uh, when this angel appeared to her, and told her these things. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of David his father. And it goes on to say, and then down, get down to verse 34. The Bible says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born in thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth hath uh, conceived in a son in her old age. And you skip down to verse 38. The Bible says, And Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Behold the handmaiden, the servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Folks, one of the great things that made her uh, a mother to be highly favored, she had fear when she was told uh, what that she was going to be a mother, especially the mother of the Messiah, uh, the mother of God incarnate. 
but she surrendered to the will of God. She said, what does your word say? That's what I'm going to do. She said, be it unto me as thy word saith. So, uh, so, so that's what she did. She surrendered. Again, only a teenager. She was confronted with the challenge to be completely submitted to God's will. When Gabriel gave her the angelic message that she was to carry Christ, she was stunned. I mean, she, she didn't know what to think. But I'm telling you, uh, God, it, God confirmed her faith. The Lord spoke to her, and she never wavered from her submission to the will of God. Now, was she nervous? Absolutely. Was she unsure of her own abilities? You better believe she was. Who wouldn't be? I mean, not only would she have the responsibility to, to be the mother of a child, that's a huge responsibility, but then also she had to be the mother of the Messiah, the mother of the Son of God. I mean, she was so anxious about the prophecy uh, that would uh, be a part of her future. Remember that a part of the future was, as we'll see later, that there was going to be a sword that would pierce through her heart, that she was going to feel pain. And so uh, a few things about Mary. She was a mother highly favored. She was surrendered to the will of God. Uh, mothers, uh, all of us, uh, men and women alike, can look to Mary as a great example of submitting to the will of the Lord. I mean, this was quite the announcement, but she just said, okay, that's what I'm willing to do. If that's what God says, if he's chosen me, I'm willing to do it. She was a, she was a poor girl from a poor village, but yet this is the one that God chose. And I just want to say this right here. A lot of times if we're not careful, when God calls us and tells us to do something, we begin to make excuses on why we can't do that which God has asked us to do. Remember, God doesn't make mistakes. And listen, his, his, his commandments are his empowerments. In other words, if he tells you to do it, guess what? He's going to give you the power to do it. So I want to say that number one, she was surrendered to the will of God. I want to say just something quickly here that's interesting. I believe that she was smart. Smart. I believe that we can see some of her wisdom in the scripture as we go through. In the, in the gospel of John chapter 2 verse 5, uh, his mother saith unto the servants. So Mary spoke to the servants at the marriage of Cana, and she said this, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. That's good advice, amen? You know what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs? In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, Forsake not the law of thy mother. <laughs> I mean, listen, God has given mothers wisdom. I mean, listen, uh, Mary gave good advice. The Bible says that we shouldn't forsake the law of our mothers, especially considering the fact she was surrendered to the will of God. But not only that, did you know that Mary was saved? Mary was saved. If you stay in Luke 1 and look at verse 47, as she begins to praise the Lord, she says, And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Amen. So she looked to God. She trusted him for salvation. Her sins were forgiven. She became a mother. Now think about this. Uh, there's a cool little parallel here. How did Mary become a mother? Now she was a virgin. So obviously she became the mother only through the power of the Holy Ghost, only through the power of God in a miraculous way. And she is the only woman to have this experience. But I want to say this uh, this morning, that the fact of the matter is, I believe that anyone that's going to be a successful mother, if you want to be the mother that God wants you to be, if you want to be the mother that you long to be, folks, it's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit. It's going to take knowing the Lord is your Savior. It's going to take uh, the power of God working in your life. And I hope that you know him today.
Now, she was a Christian, but you want to know something? This woman was not perfect. This woman was not perfect, uh, according to the scripture. And I know there's traditions out there that teach about another Mary, uh, but the Mary that's popular sometimes in the religious world is not the same Mary of the Bible. Mary was a, a regular woman. She was a special woman. She was a highly favored woman. But I'm telling you, she was just a, a regular woman like any other woman. And she was a Christian, but she was not perfect. And I want to say something to some of you moms out there. That's hard for you to accept, isn't it? You have a tough time not being perfect. You hold yourself in such high standards. And, and so often, the moms who care and love the most consider themselves the biggest failures. Why? Because you have such lofty standards. And uh, you, you, you love to such a degree. But I'm telling you, you're not a failure, amen? Uh, but I'll tell you one thing, you're not perfect. I had a wonderful mom. She wasn't perfect. Uh, I mean, there's not a perfect mother out there. There's great mothers, but even Mary. You say, uh, is, is that so? Yeah, there's actually examples in the Bible, and I won't spend a lot of time. But even when she asked uh, Jesus in uh, John chapter uh, 1, I believe it was, that he asked, uh, John 1 or 2, when uh, Mary asked Jesus to perform the miracle at the wedding of Cana. And he's like, woman, my, my time's not yet come. He says, this isn't what I came here to do. Now, again, we don't know. We, we know that God's plan, had his plans, but what we see is it seems as if she spoke out of turn. There was another time when Jesus was uh, teaching the people, and she had somebody go interrupt Jesus' teaching and say, hey, your mom's out there. And Jesus uh, indicated that it wasn't time for her to be interrupting. And so they're just small things, uh, but the point is Mary wasn't perfect. I think about Dr. Ben Carson. Uh, he was a renowned surgeon at Johns Hopkins, and, and he's the current Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. He tells a story about his mother, Mrs. Carson, insisting that, his, that he and his brother Curtis write a book report every couple of weeks. Now, it wasn't for school. It was for their mom. Now, both uh, Ben and Curtis dutifully obeyed and did what their mom said. About the time he was in junior high, Ben finally realized something quite shocking. His mom couldn't read. For years, Ben had read books and scratched out reports, assuming that his mom was checking every word, but she didn't have a clue what he was saying. Now consider this, raised by an illiterate mother, Ben grew up to be a world-famous surgeon who's been featured in many medical articles and was the author of several books. His illiterate mom didn't twist her hands over her lack of learning and give up hope of raising intelligent boys. Instead, she gave her boys what she had, interest, accountability, and the courage to demand extra work. Despite the fact that she was the mother of Jesus, Mary was not perfect. And I'm telling you, there's not a mother out there. If you're a mom, you've made mistakes. You've made mistakes in the past, and you'll make another mistake or two before it's over with. Uh, but here it is. Uh, through it all, God will love you. God will help you. God will accept you, and he will help you to accomplish the task that he's called you to do. I find it interesting, you know, a popular, ver a popular passage on Mother's Day is Proverbs 31. 
How many women, I wonder, have been discouraged by Proverbs 31, really? See, it is either, uh, it, it, it's, it is there that the author writes about the perfect woman, the ideal woman. There are 22 lines in the poem there in Proverbs 31. Each one of them begins with successive letters of the Hebrew alphabet. So it's important to understand that Proverbs 31 is an acrostic. It's the Hebrew alphabet. It's, you know, if it were our alphabet, it'd be A, B, C, and, you know, it'd be A is for... Um, uh, an ap apple pie that she bakes, you know, B is for baby she loves, C is for cleaning the house. In other words, it's an acrostic of an ideal woman as it goes through the Hebrew alphabet. When you look at this woman in Proverbs 31, she never sleeps and she's always working. Okay, well, I guess that part of being a mother, that part's true, uh, but uh, and that's a reality. But, but in the poem, she manages a fleet of ships. She runs a farm, manages a staff. She sews like a fashion expert. She cooks, she cleans, she homeschools her children. She has a feast waiting on her husband when he arrives home from his much less demanding job, and she needs no carpool whatsoever. She simply puts her super mother cape on and flies her children around as it seems. Now, the, the point is, is that uh, the, the, the proverb starts off in Proverbs 31 that says, how can you, who can find a woman like this? Because that's an ideal woman. But I'm telling you, the bottom line is women are to be praised. Women are to be, to be appreciated. Mary made mistakes, but I'm telling you, she kept on going and she kept on loving just like many of you mothers out there today. I, I, something else I just want to point out quickly about Mary. She was not ashamed to praise the Lord. Uh, the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 46, if you're still there, the Bible says, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit uh, hath rejoiced in God my Savior. And when you read on down through those verses, uh, you'll find this is a song that Mary is singing to the Lord. She is praising the Lord. And so she was not ashamed because since she was surrendered to the Lord, since she was saved, yes, she made mistakes, but she was not ashamed to praise the Lord. She was not ashamed to be joyful in the, the great God and Savior that she knew. But I want to say, uh, perhaps lastly this morning, is that she was sorrowful. She was sorrowful. In Luke chapter 2, verse 35, Mary and Joseph are carrying Jesus into the temple for him to be circumcised. And as he goes through, there's an old man that God, to whom God had revealed that he would not die. The man was Simeon, that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. And as he goes through, something inside of him, and, and God pointed out to him, that's him. That's the one. And he goes over and he, and he says some great words about the Lord Jesus Christ. But to Mary, he says this, Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also. Mary felt a sword. Mary felt sorrow. You know, one of the things, I guess I started off talking about that, that connection, that bond that moms keep with their kids no matter uh, how old they are, no matter how long they live. And, uh, man, a mom knows what it is to experience sorrow. A mom knows what it is to have a broken heart. Mary, in John 19, verse 25, the Bible says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. She was there. The only disciple that was there was 
John, but Mary was there, and some other women were there. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he unto the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that that disciple took her to his own home. So there's Jesus writhing in agony on the cross, but he sees mama. And when he sees mom, he looks over there at John and he says, You know what? You better take care of my mom. I want you to take care of her. Look after her. He was thinking about his mom. But can you imagine the pain that Mary felt when she, she helplessly uh, watched her son going through the crucifixion of Christ? I mean, she, she fell down to the depths there by the cross, moaning and wailing and begging the God of heaven to stop, uh, stop the, the hell on earth that she was experiencing. The cross cut deeply into Mary's heart. Despite the pain, however, Mary was there. You know why? Because moms are always there. She was there. She was a mother from the beginning and a mother at the end. A mother called by God never relinquishes the title of mother. I mean, listen, you'll find mothers like that in the halls of children, children hospitals, in funeral homes, in counselor's offices. Mothers never relinquish the title. Even if the child is rebellious, rebellious, harsh, or cruel, her heart just will not allow it. Not when she is called by God. I mean, boy, you think about that. And I've often thought about this. Now, I think about those moms who've had to watch their children die, who've had to bury their children, moms who have had miscarriages, moms who have, who have felt such sorrow that I could never identify with, and I would never dare say, I know how you feel, because I could never know how you feel. But you want to know something today? There's a God in heaven that knows how you feel. He watched his darling son die at the hand of sinners uh, on the old rugged cross. Mary, listen, she was there. She had to watch her son die i'm telling you the sorrow of that is uh i imagine almost unbearable and without god's help uh, i don't know how you could get through it but there is help and there is hope for that there is comfort there is peace that you can find because uh, i want to say number one if you have uh, have lost a child we use that terminology we've lost people but really if a child has passed away you haven't lost them because i can tell you right now where they are the bible teaches that they're in heaven and I hope that you know the Lord so that you can go there and rejoin them. They, are, they're, they're, they may be gone for now, but I'm telling you, they are with the Lord. They are safe. They are happy. They are healthy. They are doing great today. But on this side, we have to experience the sorrow of missing, the sorrow of not understanding and so forth. See, when, when, when a mother becomes a woman, I'm telling you, I, I wonder with this with Mary. Because she heard it just a week after Jesus was born, thought about that pain that would dominate the picture. But see, the, the, the thing with Mary, though, is she had a chance to see God's plan play, play out. Because she was there at the crucifixion, but you know what? She was there three days later, and she got to see Jesus rise from the grave. She was there 40 days later uh, when Jesus ascended. And she was there days after that when they prayed 
And the Holy Spirit of God came down upon the church there at Pentecost. She was there. She was one of those that was a part of the local church. She suffered through it all, but she got to see the end. She got to see it make sense. And I'm telling you, it's a gift from God if you can live long enough to see parenting make sense. Some parents may live long enough to see God's plan play out for their children. But I'm telling you, I think for a lot of us uh, and a lot of you mothers, it may be, it may not be until you get to heaven to when you're able to appreciate and see the plan that God had. So what is it about Mary? Mary was a mother highly favored. Mary was surrendered to the will of God. Amen. She surrendered to the will of God. She was saved. She was smart. She was one that didn't mind rejoicing. She knew what it meant to carry sorrow. I'm telling you, she was a special mother. And I'm telling you, there's really not a mother out there that's not special. There's not a mother out there that's not a gift. And I want to say once again, and for the last time this morning, Happy Mother's Day to you. I hope that you have a wonderful day, and uh, may God bless you very much.